You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, March 4th. My name, as always, is your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related writing work at places like Baseball FYI and Friars on Base, or some of my more entertainment-related stuff at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Film Cred, and many more. Uh... Of this here Lockdown Padres podcast, guys, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel oh so inclined, only if you feel oh so inclined, you can hit me up on either of those two accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have. And I'd love to uh, address those things, hit back to you in the old DMs, I'll do that. Um, maybe even answer them here on the podcast. So be sure I love interacting with you guys to do that. Uh, for today's episode, though, guys, uh, very serious discussion. It was posted on the Locked On Yankees feed and the Locked On Red Sox feed with Stacey Gatsoulias and Gabrielle Starr. Uh, really important conversation about women in sports, but it's, it's it's more than that. It is about harassment. It is about power. It is about what's going on, and it, it all stems from the, the, uh, the, the situation surrounding Mickey Calloway. It's an important pod. Um, I know it's not really Padres related, but it is baseball related. And more importantly, I think it is worldly related uh, in a lot of ways. So uh, yeah, that's enough from me. Uh, Stay tuned for the end of the podcast. And then I'll talk to you guys about what you can expect for the rest of the week and beyond. But until then, guys, let's go. This is Gabrielle, host of Locked on Red Sox, Stacey, host of Locked on Yankees and Javier, host of Locked on Padres. And we are doing an emergency pod to talk about the new Details that have come to light about Mickey Calloway, also known as the worst kept secret in baseball. The article that came out in The Athletic today, March 2nd, it is so appalling. Who wants to kick it off? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look, we're having a great uh time. Uh, I guess I, I guess I'll go in, even though I said beforehand that I would I would be more of a passive in this discussion. But um, I actually slightly disagree. I think that I wasn't appalled by it because I've grown to desensitize to it, which is the issue. I'm so used to I see this stuff and I'm like, yeah, this happens through all sorts of things, too, by the way, uh, just in regular life. But especially when it comes to women in sports, uh just any any minority group in sports too, um, but with Mickey Calloway, I was just looking. I was like, okay, like these things don't really jar me anymore. Honestly, I don't think any of this stuff has jarred me since maybe high school, maybe or maybe beginning of college when I started seeing, you know, the when the, the Harvey Weinstein stuff happens, the whole uh, Me Too movement begins. That's when it was like, yeah, there is not a single person that really can surprise me anymore. And I think that's really bad. And I just think people need to listen. And that's why I'm excited to be on this pod today with you two, because I like to listen. Even if, even if there's something said that I, you know, say I, there's no new fact that I learn or I think that I'm going to learn, the bottom line is I think exposing, uh, as men especially, uh, exposing yourself to more stories and perspectives from women 
will allow you to understand certain things and will actually, and I can attest to this because it's me, uh, will change your everyday life. Even when you're talking with, you know, your boys, you know what I mean? You start to, at least I do anyway, not to pat myself on the back. I take a little bit more seriously the way we talk about women. Obviously we get our, we have our, our moments and stuff, but there's a difference. And I think that there's a way to be respectful. And I think that's where it kind of starts is by listening and, you know, getting different perspectives. I mean, I'm not shocked because of stuff that came out previously. And I'm also not shocked by how egregious his offenses are and the continuation of those offenses throughout his time. Because when when men do this, they do it all the time. It's not a one-off yeah. thing. And I can say this as someone who's been around the block a few times and has worked in different industries. It happens everywhere. Before we recorded, I was telling Gabrielle, that, you know, I worked at a golf course during college and this was during college. I was, you know, this shy, um, unassuming, just walking around doing my job. And the guys who took care of the golf course, my boss, the guys who ran the pro shop, they all sexually harassed me at 19 years old and 20 years old because I worked there a couple of years. And one time my brother said, well, did you ever tell dad? I said, did I ever tell dad? Dad would have driven up to the golf course and killed every single one of those people. Of course I didn't tell anyone because you don't tell people when this stuff happens. You keep it inside. You internalize it. You feel gross when it happens. You think it's your fault. You think that you're the reason why these guys are doing it to you and it's not them. And we need to let everyone know that, no, it's not the woman's fault. It's the men who are being disgusting. And Callaway's reading this article just oh makes my head want to explode because it just went on for so long and so many of the things that he did were just disgusting and repugnant and he still has a job how is this even possible yeah so i'm gonna just real quick some highlights from this article because like we discussed before we started recording this article is currently behind the athletic paywall meaning you have to be a subscriber to read it which i think is detrimental to progress on this forefront in baseball and in sports and honestly in all industries in general this should be required reading but just like a couple of the uh, highlights Mickey Calloway would often ask fellow players where's the beef and indicate he was on the prowl for attractive women a player said beef is a term used within some MLB clubhouses to refer to women particularly those who are not the spouses or partners of players. This is actually something I've heard many times before. Major League Baseball players will have what they call road beef, which is the side pieces that they keep in different cities that they play in and will hook up with and cheat on their actual partners with. So gross to uh, call women beef, first of all, Um, but also just the general fact in this article is Mickey Callaway, in addition to all of these allegations of sexual harassment and, you know, sending dick pics and all of this stuff. He also was a serial cheater Mm. on his wife, like cheating on his wife right before they were married, cheating on his wife after they were married, like so much cheating. Um, In 2011, when Callaway was working as a pitching coach for the Indians affiliate in Kinston, North Carolina, he tried to rekindle a relationship with a woman who dated him during his playing days. She broke it off when she discovered he was days away from getting married. The woman who previously had worked in baseball has known Callaway for decades and said Callaway never liked that she worked in the sport. 
quote, he very much is of the mindset that women have one purpose. That line to me was so horrifying. And this is why I say like, like you guys said, it's, I'm not shocked anymore. I'm numb. But these actual specific quotes are what is shocking because when you hear it in that way, it kind of shocks you all over again. Like, I'm not shocked. I mean, it's happened to me. It's happened to you, Stacey. But it's that was that line was such a reminder to me of how much sexism is tied up in sexual harassment, like the need to assert dominance, the ideas that sports are for men, and that women are just there as like, you know, objects to be objectified and, you know, to be sexualized, like, that women should be, you know, waiting at home with a home cooked meal that women are just for your pleasure. Like, there was so much sexism in that one quote. I I just like, I couldn't believe it. I'm the whole, the whole idea that men in baseball and other sports, I'm sure, are referring to their extracurricular activities or referring to the women who they're doing this with as road beef just makes me want to puke. (laughs) Like, oh God, it's 2021. And these men still have, not all, some of these men still have that 1950s mentality. Like you said, they expect women to be obedient, be there for their pleasure, be there to do things for them, not have their own career, definitely not to have a career in sports. How dare you have a career in sports? And that could be some of the reason why he was preying on some of these women within the organizations. Absolutely. Because he, first of all, he's in a position of power in these organizations. So he Mm -hmm. thinks that he can get away with whatever he wants. And obviously that behavior, which we are seeing from the athletic article was known about, like they literally call it the worst kept secret in baseball. People like Terry Francona knew about it. All of these people, Antonetti knew about it. Tons of people in the Mets and Indians organization knew about this. Interns knew about this right before he started the job because the husband of a woman that he had been having an affair with literally was sending emails to the Mets warning them about this guy before he had even started the job to the point where the interns who were reading the emails that were sent in were like, "Um, I don't even know what to say. So, you know, and then he's a sex pest. Yeah. (laughs) Also, also just, I mean, it's like predatory at this point, but um, Mm -hmm. another quote from this article that like really stood out to me, to us, that wasn't an on-field indiscretion that had to do with the team. Bad choice on his part, but that's his personal life. Don't let it affect the team. The source said of the team's general feeling on the matter. I, I, I just read that. I read that quote just before we started recording. Oh my God. (laughs) You know, the cartoons, the old cartoons where steam comes out of people's ears and their heads get red. That's basically what happened. I was was thinking of Hades in the Hercules cartoon when he's usually blue, but he gets super mad. So his head, the flames on his head run hot. And then he's like, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm fine. That was me (laughs) reading this article. The on-field distinction thing that they love to do in major league baseball is such a tired excuse you know oh he beat his wife but it's an off-field issue but performance enhancing drugs are an on-field issue and therefore you can't play in the postseason but Araldus Chapman and Stephen Wright and you know Odubel Herrera they deserve second chances you know because that was an off-field issue and they did their time 
we need to retire that narrative of on field and off field. It is so past the point of being a legitimate excuse for someone's behavior. There should be no excuse for this behavior. Right. There shouldn't mm-hmm. be a line because if you're a crappy person, you're a crappy person, whether you're a good player or not. And I would rather have a good player who wasn't a crappy person on my team than a good player who's a piece of excrement. Also, there are so many good people in this industry who don't have jobs who deserve them and they're getting passed up time and again for men like Mickey Calloway. And or it's Jared like, Porter. Or Jared Porter or on the player level you know, any of these players who have been suspended for domestic violence, but then have come back. It's like, no, you have an entire system of minor leaguers who don't hurt people in whatever way they're hurting people. And you really, you're telling me you can't find another guy who can pitch 95 miles an hour in your entire system. Like if that's the case, maybe you need to look at your minor league system. Mm -hmm. These guys shouldn't be so valuable that they're beyond reproach and repercussions for their behavior everybody coming at you in my hot rod car because we're talking about cars everybody and more specifically we're talking about rockauto.com rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years two whole decades go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they have everything you could need from engine control modules and brake parts tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet whether it's for your classic or daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door very convenient it's awesome but more than that um their catalog the rockout.com catalog it's really easy to navigate which is very important when it comes to car stuff and especially if you're like a noob like me that doesn't know you know everything but you can quickly see all the parts available for whatever vehicle uh, you have and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer and best of all the latter act of that little statement there prices at rockout.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers you guys are smart why in the world would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts it doesn't make any sense now so go to rockout.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and also, guys, you know, we're covering everything you need to know about the Padres here on the Lockdown Padres podcast. And in this case, uh, worldly issues, I guess, in this particular case. But when it comes to the rest of sports and what's going on across all of sports, the Lockdown Podcast Network has you covered with Lockdown Today. It's hosted by the great one, the iconic one, the legendary one, Peter Bukowski. And it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes, right? Nice and efficient. You know, nothing super long when you don't have the time for it, right? It's under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Lockdown Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. An old family friend of mine has now passed away. I remember in high school when I first started talking to him, and I worked for him for a little bit. One of the, one of the great influences in my life, honestly. And I remember when he told me a story about him growing up. He, he's old, by the way, at the time. He's very old. And then he's talking about his father. You know, there was a time when they were walking back home, and they heard this other woman being beaten by her husband. And he said his dad at the time told him, you know, that's, that's Mr. I'm going to make up a name, Mr. Brigsby's business. Right. And obviously that was, that's what that, that time period was like, right. Where it was considered their business, their personal business. Right. And you guys talking about this whole, you know, that's his off field thing. Why is that still being a spiel that's said today? You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying it was good back then. It obviously was not. But it shows you. I think it illustrates to you that there are still people who think that way. 
And what I think is the most disturbing about this industry is I don't think uh, let me, let me be careful now, please interrupt me if I'm speaking too much on behalf of women here, but I find it a lot more troublesome. Yeah. You get dumb comments on the internet that I wish would stop sexist comments, you know, you know, whatever you guys want to imagine sandwich BS and nonsense. Right. But what always gets me upset is those people who will just put the hashtag, you know, those people who will just be like, respect women in sports. But then you know that those people, and there's definitely a lot of them out there, aren't actually doing anything behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. People who are listening to this podcast might not right now be like, oh, Javi's just, maybe he might be on there just to, you know, I'm trying my best not to come off as someone who's just trying to get on some bandwagon or appear in a certain way. I really do want to learn, but I understand why people think that a lot of men are just doing that. Because when you look around, you see how much the culture still hasn't changed enough. And I, I do think we're making strides, but I understand when people are like, well, you know, not up or shut up, whatever the, the, it's probably the inappropriate phrase right now, but you know, put your money where your mouth is. You can't just be someone who goes women's history month hashtag. And then you think that you did, you did a great service. It's like, no, you, you listen, you participate in discussions. And, you know, even if it's just, you're not someone like me who has a podcast talking with your friends, make sure you're not talking to women in such unbelievably derogatory ways. And that's what really disturbs me a lot. It disturbs me that there are so many people in power that don't really do anything and allow this stuff to happen. That's how Mickey Calloway gets there. You know, this isn't something where, oh, it's such a great tragedy. We just, there was not, who would have known? No, you did have an idea. You just didn't feel like investigating it. And that's what really annoys me the most about all this. And it's really indicative of the boys club that is the world, but especially sports media. I mean, 2018 study from the aforementioned Associated Press. I think that was the last time they did this, their diversity study. Sports industry got an F, just so everybody knows. Like for an F for diversity and inclusiveness and hiring practices, you know, all those things counted together. They got an F. So that just is a nice little (laughs) illustration of uh, the issue. And nobody, I look differently at people who, and I can, I, I usually can tell, who are actually like surprised surprised right when these type of stories come out i look very different you know if you're you're like in eighth grade looking hard enough yeah if you're like an eighth grader like i get it you're just coming into the world maybe even early but when you're some college graduate and i'm talking to you and you're like i'm like okay hold on really yeah no no that means that tells me a lot about you and i i'm not going to be evil and mean to this person necessarily on the spot and call him a jerk and you're the reason this is all happening you know (laughs) but i'm definitely going to be like you need to you know you need to check yourself buddy you know and myself included i definitely was at a point in my life where i definitely you know i i I was i didn't i wasn't aware I, i really wasn't aware and that's what happens with growing up a guy i never dealt with any of these issues you know i never had to be that person who was like i'm scared to walk to my car at night you know what I mean? I don't have to worry about carrying pepper spray on me and all this BS that we have to deal with. And it's like, and it's not even oh, that. It's not even just that. Like I worked, I worked and lived in Manhattan for a while. And you know, I'm not like necessarily a happy person, but I'm not going to be walking down the street with a smile plastered on my face. I can't tell mm-hmm. you how many times a doorman would say smile beautiful, or even just a random dude mm-hmm. on the street. And I mean, it goes beyond, you know, the cat calls and this and that. I mean, it's just ingrained in so many men that they can do this to us. And it's just so frustrating that reading that article, going back to the article, just reading all the stuff that he's done and nothing being done about it. 
And his that- nickname in the Mets organization was Dick Pick Mick. I mean, <laughs> like if you're if you're literally at the point where you're giving someone that nickname for that behavior, you are normalizing and like joking about sexual harassment. Like he was one of the highest up people in that organization. And they like yeah. you're gi- mm-hmm. like giving someone a nickname for that behavior is normalizing that behavior instead I, of recording that behavior. We briefly talk about this men who are listening right now, we don't want those pictures. No, literally never. Literally never. I have never wanted... I used to get them on my Twitter DMs from total strangers. And it's like, I don't even want that from somebody I'm dating. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And just for any guys that might be... If when you see episodes like this come up, I imagine people that subscribe to our podcast and this, you know, whatever we end up titling this when we're talking about Mickey Calloway. If your first reaction is, oh my God, then you got some, you know, checking up on yourself to do too. You know, I'm not saying you got to listen to every single podcast ever, but if you have such a toxic reaction to people when they want to talk about this stuff, that is an issue too. You got to stop acting like just because something may not affect like 100% you. That doesn't or matter. Or challenges no. your worldview. Exactly. You know? Or challenges we're your just, worldview. We're out here dismantling, like, a, you know, what people think is like a man's sport and a man's mm-hmm. activity. You know, mm-hmm. what this all comes down to is men who think that sports belong to them. And, and therefore, now, everything in sports, they can do whatever they want. Yeah, 100%. And I think one, one of my final points I want to make is just, and I'm going to try and keep this as much of this as possible, but. I am really, 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 really tired of this whole myth of cancel culture, which is what it's come to be called now these days. And what I mean by that is, yes, the Internet, I do think we get to this degree where we dogpile on people. Like, I think that that part of the quote unquote cancel culture is real. where like we all dogpile on each other. Right. For for mistakes and dumb things on the Internet, at least. Right. But it's not true that people are actually being canceled. If people are being canceled, it's people who are at the mid-level, people who are, you know, maybe at my level or something like that. That Yeah, like they because they don't have much of a ground. I am really getting tired of prominent people talking about, yeah, one of the big problems is cancel culture. You know, J.K. Rowling and Malcolm Gladwell writing in the freaking Harper's Bazaar letter earlier this year about, you know, this is a good thing. It's like, no, 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 no. You are a billionaire, JK Rowling. I don't want to really hear about how this is some great, awful thing that for once you can't just say whatever you want online, especially when it's you know transphobic in that case, Malcolm Gladwell, whatever the heck he was canceled for. I don't even know what the heck he was canceled for, but um, I'm getting really tired of that way of thinking that this is some epidemic. No, it's not. If anything, it is the working class people for once having some type of say in what other people are doing. Guess what? If cancel culture was real, Mickey Calloway never is in this situation to begin with. Okay. But guess what? He is. This isn't some, you know, ice cream vendor person who it's was not, there on the job. It's not cancel culture. It's, it's consequences for crappy behavior. Exactly. And it's also a myth. It's, do you know how many people we've had? the past year that this stuff just doesn't if anything it has led to change you know you can bring up ellen degeneres you can bring up a, a ton of people and those issues are not having to do with necessarily what we have to do i mean actually the Ellen thing did a little bit but my thing is i am so tired of people bringing it up it's not real 
guys. It's not real. This idea that, oh, Chris Pratt, oh my gosh, we're we're canceling him for no reason. No, 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 no. There's a reason why people are calling him certain names on the internet. Go look it up. I'm tired of people acting like millionaires and people in power just because people are saying some mean things about them because of mistakes that they made, as Gabrielle said, consequences for your action, that this is some epidemic. No, it's only being heightened because we all now have a platform to talk about that on, usually being Twitter. I am really sick and tired of hearing about this. Canceled yourself, Mickey Calloway. Like, keep your dick in your pants. You still have a job. Or, you know, maybe not because you're, maybe you'd be fired because you're actually bad at managing as opposed to being a crappy human being. Two stories, because one of the most frustrating things is like when something like this happens in sports, which, uh, which unfortunately is a lot, one of the most frustrating things is that the number of people who will just like refuse to believe it because either they don't care or they want to, they don't want their worldview challenged or they're just a mean person. Like the number of times I've had somebody in my mentions be like, this isn't true. It didn't happen. Um, Like literally on Friday, this past Friday, I went to the supermarket, you know, in my sweatpants, because that's all I wear now, mask <laughs> on, no makeup, Relatable. wet hair in a bun, like like giant snow jacket, because I live in Massachusetts. Nothing attractive whatsoever. I looked like the the pigeon lady from Home Alone. And I get back to my car, and I see that there's a white pickup truck parked next to my car with two kind of creepy looking dudes in it. and. I can feel them looking at me, which is like a thing. Like, Stace, you know, when you're a woman and like you're in what you might feel as an uncomfortable situation, you have kind of like a radar. Oh, yeah. For like, you can feel somebody looking at you. And I'm loading the stuff in my car as quickly as possible. I'm by myself. It's like twilight time, you know, kind of dark outside. And they roll down the window and they're like, hey, don't we know you? And I shook my head. I didn't say anything. And I have a mask all the way up to my eyes. Like it's a huge mask. I'm like loading as quickly as I can. And they're like, well, what's your name? Where do you live? Where are you going? Like asking me all these questions, like want to hang out, like all this stuff. And I just didn't answer any of their questions. They just kept like shouting questions to me out the window. I get in the car. I can still feel them looking at me from my periphery. I keep my mask on. Their car is on. And I just drive out of the parking lot as quickly as possible. I ended up driving around for about 20 minutes just to make sure that I wasn't being followed by these guys. And that is literally like what women in this world, like my, I called my mom and she was like, yeah, you did exactly the right thing. Women in this world have to have their guards up all the time. We have Mm -hmm. to worry about what we're wearing. We have to worry about how we look. We have to worry if we're wearing too much makeup, if we're not wearing enough makeup, if, you know, we're somehow asking for it. And I'm like, I literally look like I just rolled out of bed and you can't even see my face. This has happened to me a couple of times throughout the pandemic where I've been walking on the street and gotten catcalled when you can't even see my face. It like literally at this point, it doesn't even have to do with how you look. Women in this world, men just view us as objects and they will just sexualize us even if they can't even see our face. It's literally just about what they want. They don't even care. Like we are like we are in the equation because we're the object, but we don't even factor in 
at this mm. point. Mm-hmm. And stays to your point about being 19 and being like sexually harassed. When I was 19, I had an internship at a really prominent Boston PR firm. And I one day was covering the reception desk in the front so the receptionist could go on her lunch break. And this guy walked in. It was summer 2012. This guy walked in and he's waiting, you know, for someone to come down and get him. And he starts talking to me. And I realized it was Bobby Valentine. Red Sox manager for one year, Bobby Valentine, former Mets, Bobby Valentine. And, you know, he wasn't being like super creepy, but he was flirting with me. He was asking me if I was a Red Sox fan. He was saying he could get me tickets, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I was 19 years old. And he was like 60 at the time. Whoop, just another second here, guys. Sorry to interrupt this fantastic and very important conversation, but I need to talk to you about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And obviously, we've been talking about spring training baseball. Baseball is, you know, it's right around the corner, so check out the MLB Futures and stuff. But they also, aside from sports, they even cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. That's what BetOnline will do for you. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free. That's right, free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON uh, when you do that. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And I also look very young. Like, I'm 27 now. I still look like I'm 20. So when I was 19, now that I look back on it, I looked probably like I was 14 years old. And when he walked away, he turned back and winked at me. But I was 19 years old. And that was my first introduction to sexual harassment in sports. And I've had these conversations a lot over the past few months because of Jared Porter, because of Mickey Calloway, because of many other people in this industry who've just gotten away with it for years. And one of the biggest things that I have told, like, Javi, you asked me my advice as a guy in sports. I've given this advice to male reporters that I'm friends with. My first day in the Red Sox press box was opening day 2018. And when I got there, a friend of mine who is a guy kind of gave me like a little primer on, you know, oh, uh, you should just watch out for so-and-so and so-and-so. And And so, uh, you know, a couple months ago when the Jared Porter news came out, I was talking to this same friend and I said, you know, I think back to what you said to me on my first day in the press box. And I was really grateful that you were looking out for me. But at the same time, like, did you ever tell anybody that this guy's kind of creepy to young women? Right. Did you ever do anything else? And Javi, it's the same thing to your point about like, if you're talking to your friends about girls, if somebody says something terrible, like, are you actually going to say to them, that's gross, dude, stop it? Or are you just going to tell your female friends, you know, hey, so and so kind of sucks to women? Because that's not enough. Because all you're doing is contributing to the idea, the mentality that women need to have their guards up all the time, but that the men aren't going to change. Right. And that's not okay. That doesn't solve anything. You think you're protecting us because you're telling us how to protect ourselves or who to protect ourselves from. But the fact of the matter is, like, that guy is still out there doing that. And Mickey Calloway is proof of that because his his behavior was an open secret. He still sexually harassed tons of people. And those people need to recover from that. That's the other point. A lot of men, when they find out about this, 
they don't realize how degrading it is to be sexually harassed. Oh my God, you feel so dirty. You feel dirty. And especially like with the dick pic thing, it's just so shocking and jarring. I had that happen to me only once where I was just having a normal Twitter DM conversation with this guy that I had known for a while on Twitter. We were both, you know, Yankee fans. He lived out in California. I was in New York. I was a night owl. So I was always up and we were talking and he suddenly sent me a picture and I sat there and, you know, I have anxiety. I have depression, all that stuff. I started having an anxiety attack from it and I immediately blocked him and I've never spoken to him again. And I just felt so violated because it came out of nowhere. And I don't understand how men think this is okay at all. They always say like, oh, I thought you wanted to see it. And it's like, no, if you really thought about it, you just wanted us to see it. Mm -hmm. You didn't care if we want it. Because if you did, you would ask. But it all goes back to men only wanting what they want. And they are willing to overlook every possible thing. In order to do it. I mean, I had guy friends that I grew up with when we got to college, like they would get drunk and they would like hit on me over Snapchat. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, we've been friends since kindergarten. And they're like, well, you know, I'm like, if you were interested in me, you would ask me on a date or you would tell me that you were interested in me. You wouldn't be like, hey, can I see your boobs? Or here's my penis. Mm -hmm. It comes down to a basic lack of respect for women. And it's like, it's so insulting, especially when it's like somebody that you think is a friend, you still didn't respect me enough as a person. Mm-hmm. Javi's sitting here like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? <laughs> no, this is, this is, this is perfect. The only thing I'd, I'd end with saying is guys, you got some truth to uncover, go read, go listen, listen to podcasts, read some books, read some articles. There's, trust me, there's plenty of them. If you just, I don't know, try um yeah and to all the people out there because i know that some people might be thinking this right now i know how guys think uh, i used to think like this too if you consider yourself like hey i haven't done anything i'm, I'm a nice guy why is everybody saying why are they always saying men are trash well it's not all men right you guys are used to this whole thing right oh my uh, god the, the not this, all like, men thing not on all these, men. like in the replies it's like mm-hmm. yeah i know it's not all men think i have a boyfriend i have a dad I know it's not all men. Like I had grandfathers. Like we know it's not all men. But when That's, you say not all mm-hmm. men, we want to murder you because yeah, you're my... so missing the point. Like I literally, if I could drive a stake through your face through Twitter when you say not all men, yeah. I would because yeah. all you're doing is perpetuating again. Men are more important than women. Even in that moment, you want us to know. That some men are good and it doesn't matter that we're talking about specific crappy men. Yep. Oh my God. I'm sorry that Twitter has a, has a character count. So I don't have enough characters to be like certain men, but not all men. And then actually make my point. Read between the lines, dude. I'm not saying that every single man in the history of the world, but you know what? There are a lot of men like this and more men than you know, because think about that article again. In the article that came out today, it talks about how few women actually reported Mickey Calloway. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was either the Jared Porter or the original Mickey Calloway news breaking. And honestly, at this point, I cannot keep track because it was exactly two weeks apart. I tweeted for every woman who comes forward, there are at least 10 who don't. 
And that's not like an official statistic. I'm sorry, I'm not the baseball reference of sexual harassment in sports, but there are so many women who do not come forward about things like this because like Stacy said, you feel dirty, you feel like it's your fault, you feel like you were asking for it. And you know what? The world tells you all of those things when you do it. Women don't yeah. want to come out because they want to work in this industry. Even after all of this, women still want to work in this industry. Mm -hmm. Just like remember that. Because when you walk into a press box and you see, you know, five women and 30 guys, the chances are that at least one of those women has at one point in her life in this career been sexually harassed in some way. Mm -hmm. And they're and in a room where they are outnumbered all the time. It's very, um, when guys react that way to the not all, not all men thing, it's very much like, stop acting like y'all ain't done your own generalizing before. Hey, we we do generalizing for a reason sometimes and for reasons because it's like a system. They're not saying you are the one that's doing the sexual harassment or whatever, but the fact that you are benefiting from this, it's just, it's not a healthy mindset to want to correct to the, the not all men thing. Of course, like you just, my boyfriend, my dad, it's like, yeah, that's not, that's not how this works for all these people. This if was you're a more big set by women calling out men than you are about the actual allegations against men. Guess what? You are part of the problem. Yep. Yeah. It's a system, I think. And there's a lot of areas that need to be addressed, including people who stay silent. In my opinion, the biggest of all is the people who really could do something about it. Even if they're not doing the harassment, doesn't matter. You're allowing for this to exist because they might be your buddy. You like to have, you like to have a beer with them every now and then. Okay. Well, that's my whole thing about everything that's going on. I mean, this has to do with a lot of stuff in sports. I'm sick of the performative outrage BS mm -hmm. where someone will be mad about something for maybe two days and then not do anything mm -hmm. about it. And this, yep. I'll bring this up as an example, even though it has nothing to do with sexual harassment. But when Kurt Schilling retweeted that picture, rope journalist tree, and mm -hmm. all of the Hall of Fame voters got outraged by it. Yeah. And a lot of them mm -hmm. didn't vote for him that one year and then came back the next year and voted for him again. That's what I'm talking about. Or Don't voted for him this year. Right. I've been talking about this for five years, ever since the Boston Globe published an online article literally titled, This is Kurt Schilling's Nazi Collection. And the number of people who replied to me over the years, if I had a dollar for every person who has replied to me over the years saying, oh, but you should be grateful because you're a Red Sox fan. Um, does that matter more than like my real life and my family and like the tens of millions of people who died? Absolutely not. And that's what this all comes back down to. It comes back to people thinking that sports are more important than literally everything else in the world. Mm -hmm. More than sexual harassment, domestic abuse, racism, mental health. We have gotten to the point where we have elevated sports to such a high pedestal that people today, you combine that with social media where people can just say whatever they want, hiding behind a photo that isn't even them. People think that sports are the most important thing in the world. And you know what? They're not. Yep. Amen. I feel like we could talk about this for like six hours, but honestly, this has been the most exhausting morning after, you know, years of exhausting warnings of this. So I feel like we should just call it and reconvene the next time something crappy happens in baseball. So yep. uh, two weeks. Yeah. We'll see you guys like same time, same place. Yeah. <laughs> this has been great nice to kind of vent it all out make sure to check out locked on 
Yankees and Locked On Padres. Follow Stacy and Javi on Twitter. They are both phenomenal Twitter follows. I cannot even begin. Like Stacy has amazing taste in music. Javi is like the meme lord and just so much fun. <laughs> also an amazing writer. Thank you. Thank you guys for doing this with me. You're welcome. And it was my pleasure to be part of this. You know what I mean? I, I like uh, hearing from your guys' perspectives. It's important. Important and stressful and depressing. But uh, hey, I get to cover a spring training game in two hours, so that's fun. <laughs> Will it be televised? Who knows? And scene, everybody. That is it for my discussion with Stacey Gatsoulias and Gabrielle Starr of both Locked On Yankees and Locked On Red Sox. Very important conversation, and I just want to say, you know, I'm very honored to have been a part of it. I think it is so important for uh, guys to also understand that they have a lot to learn. If you think maybe, but not me, I'm not like that. Well, trust me, you. there are ways that you might be contributing to this issue that uh, you don't realize, so it's important to always suck up as much information as you can to learn about it. Um, and yeah, I hope that some of you guys did that. Before we get right into uh, the future of this podcast, guys, I wanted to make a quick mention of one of my favorite, favorite podcasts out there. It is Locked On MLB. That is right, everybody. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan. But please, please, everybody, please just call him Sully every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present. Seriously. That's not. I'm not just saying that. I know that you know. It might sound like just an easy kind of a little thing that sounds like a cliche to say. No, seriously, Sully is like this guy will recap you something from 1935, uh, like play for play, and then know about some home run derby from 2011, as well as every pitch breakdown from a game from 2014. The guy is just unbelievable at what he does. It features exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from Lockdown MLB Networks team of local experts. Sometimes even me, even though he hasn't invited me in a long time. It's been a while. Where you at, buddy? Come on. You know, what's going on? Invite me back on the show. Uh, an insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Locked on MLB is the single best source of daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. In terms of this podcast, though, as in Locked on Padres, uh, for the rest of the week, we got two more episodes coming at you Friday and Saturday. Might post them both on Friday, but unlikely. Um, because of this whole the Mickey Calloway thing and because of some things that interrupted my schedule, I'm going to be releasing, finally, uh, the Lockdown Yankees uh, crossover with Stacey Gatsoulias, who you guys just heard from. Uh, it'll be a part one and two conversation where we'll be talking about my fandom origins and how it started with Brett Gardner specifically, and then talking about fandom in general. And I think it's a really, really fun conversation. And if you're wondering, well, what about the Padres talk? Don't worry, I'll be recapping uh, at the start of both of those parts um, some preseason thoughts that I've had. Uh, or I should say uh, spring training thoughts that I've had. Sorry, football vernacular there. Um, and that'll be really fun. I definitely have a lot of thoughts because there's been a couple games that have uh, transpired, some things that have happened ever since the last time I talked about a preseason game. Or dang it, dang it again, a spring training game. So definitely stay tuned for that, guys. It's going to be really fun. And then next week will be kind of my uh, 10 questions heading into the season that I think is going to be a whole lot of fun, as well as more spring training recap then. See, I did it right that time. Anyway, with that all being said, though, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from stitcher spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, himalaya overcast wherever wherever and while you're at it if you wouldn't mind send me some of them five star reviews on apple podcasts the app uh might even do a little uh 
might make a little contest out of that soon if you guys send me five-star reviews. I don't know. Keep your mind on that in the future, but still send me some five-star review, guys. I would love to uh, get some good feedback. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friday Faithful homies, take care. Let